York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. this first of all i gotta listen to frank diaz give me oldie moldy news from back in Thursday. i am gonna go ballistic here uh why are we doing this why the number one news talk station in the nation and we're giving news from thursday overnight i do my own news right into the show it's a fresh slice not a bum slice but then again, what the hell do the millennials care? They're out there vaping in the streets. There's a purple haze hanging over this city. Oh, oh, puff, puff, pass, marijuana. And ladies and gentlemen, now that I'm on my uh, middle leg of the Quinella with an extra leg because Frank Morano, the um, <clears throat> other millennial, if we'll ever find out his age, continues to be on vacation. I have no idea why. Two vacations in two months, but it's so synonymous with hipsters and millennials, Generation X, Y, and Z. So guess what? Any of you out there, if you broadcast here on WABC, let me give you a warning. You want to take a vacation? Go ahead. Knock yourself out. You think you're going to put best of when it's worst of? No, that's not what WABC stands for. Live and local. And we're going to do something about this oldie moldy news. I mean, if it's the last thing I do. Yeah. I'll be returning tonight as Frank Morano again. And you know something, Frank? I know you're on that yacht somewhere in the Greek Mediterranean thinking that it's Ernie Anastos' yacht, schmuck putts, with your best man there, Joe Borelli, the Republican uh, supporter of Eric Adams. It's not Ernie Anastos. It's Aristotle Onassis. Get your Greek straight. He was supposed to be back tonight, right? You know, going into Monday. Oh, you know, it was delayed Friday. There were torrential downpours. Where? I didn't see not a drop of rain. Well, they canceled all the international flights, you know, at Newark International at JFK, a.k.a. what used to be called Idlewild. And to add insult to injury, ladies and gentlemen, who do they stick in this studio with me on a Sunday afternoon from 3 to 5? He is a presence all weekend long. He is called our weekend producer, Kevin Drosh. Uh, Kevin, you've never come into the studio before. What the hell are you doing in here, huh? You know, sometimes, Curtis, you got to put a leash on you. And I'm in here making sure you're sticking on track, sticking to what's trending, all right? We got to keep people in the know. What's trending, what's hip? What's trending and what's hip. Are these the orders from our millennial hipster, brand new program director, Matt Meany? Yes, absolutely. I act on direct order for Matt Meany. By the way, where's Matt Meany right now on a Sunday afternoon? Last I checked, uh, he was having a late brunch. Brunch. Uh, is that a liquid brunch? That would be uh, avocado toast. Oh, avocado 16 toast. 16 to $18. Hmm. Mimosas, bottomless. Oh, bottomless yeah, mimosas. Yeah. And we're listening to this guy? 
So tell me, tell me, Mr. Millennial and Hipster. You see, because all during the week when I'm broadcasting, Monday through Fridays, the lunchtime edition after Bill O'Reilly, he gives you 15 minutes of news. I'll bet you he doesn't go based on what's trendy from 12 to 12.15. And then it's a rip and reaving commentary that you get from me for 45 minutes until 1 and 2, Lieutenant Colonel Greg Kelly comes in. But they sit me down with a bunch of hipsters and millennials with Generation X, Y, and Z. Say, you ready to go over what's trending? And they go through like 10 and 20. Because I ain't going to do any of those freaking things. Our audience is predominantly 55 plus. You know what's trending? That one day they may end up in a long-term senior citizen home. And somebody like Andrew Evilwise Cuomo might get elected governor. And they'll all die. And they're worried about their four. Oh, there he is. They're worried about their 401k melting down to a 201k. So I'll tell you what, just to placate, to patronize Matt Meany, who's having his liquid brunch. What, what, what is he paying for? Avocado on toast? I think the average would be 16 to $18. Yeah, well, that's going up because of Putin inflation. I guarantee you that. So why don't we just run through the laundry list here so that I can get back to a real program instead of a faux pas, fugazi, fake, let's follow the trending line show. All right, well, I'm happy you're going to play ball with me here. What's trending today? Kim Kardashian leaves Pete Davidson. It's over. Donzo. Why is that trending? I mean, that's kind of obvious. I mean, how many times do you think the diva wants to go to Staten Island? And, you know, when all of a sudden Davidson decided as he was leaving Saturday Night Live, and you knew that was the end of that relationship because, what, is he in Australia now with the wombats, you know, with the koala bears, with the kangaroos doing a movie that won't come out for two years? He's a person of no consequence. When he bought that Staten Island ferry, I know what that diva, that Kardashian, probably said. Why couldn't you buy me a yacht like Bezos? You know, the $500 million yacht. What the hell are we going to do with a Staten Island Ferry? You know something? I'm not talking that crap, that paid six crap. Give it to Vinny Madugno, the Staten Island kid. He's part of that generation. You know, he plays stacks of wax from five to six before Joe Piscopo comes on from six to eight doing Sinatra for Ramsey Monster. Tell you what, you tell Vinny Madugno. He loves to hang out with the Kardashians and the TikTok girls, and he probably knows Pete Davidson, who's just a skinny Bellini, tatted up from the tip of his nose to the tip of his toes. Well, if he hadn't been on Saturday Night Live, you know where he'd be hanging out? A Staten Island freaking mall. I'm not doing that subject. Give it to Vinnie Maduna. What's next? All right, up next, the heat. The heat wave, it's hot. It just rained out there. It cooled everything off. It's been hot for like six weeks. Oh, so it's been hot. So you really want to piss me off. I'm having such a great marriage with Nancy. This is the keeper after how many? Let's count. I don't have enough fingers for all the relationships and marriages that I've had. Let me count my toes. All of them horrible, lousy. It gives me nightmares. That's why I don't go to sleep at night. That's why I'm an insomaniac. But Nancy is the keeper. But there's only one, one issue that may cause a divide, that may leave us right into divorce court, and then I'll have nothing. I'll have ubats, I'll have bupkis, uh, all the child support, and then i got to give cat support, right? A judge will probably say, oh, uh, aren't you in charge of the 18 rescue cats? Don't you talk about it all the time? Well, guess what? There's child support, and now there's feline support. And you know what that one issue is? I'm so angry here. <sighs> Every time I go into that 328-square-foot apartment with the 18 rescue cats, she puts on the freaking air conditioner. I said, look, I'm home. 
Turn the air conditioner off. Oh, no, 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 no. I schwitz. I can't survive this. She walked out the other day, a half a block. She nearly had a fainting attack. It's the whitest woman in the world. She's a McWhitey-Whitey. She goes a half a block, and she's sunburned, and she hobbles inside, and she stands right in front of the air conditioner. And I'm telling you, Kevin, I hate the air conditioner. I turn it off. She turns it on. I turn it off. If there is anything that will lead to a breakup of this extraordinarily perfect, finally, relationship for me, it's the freaking air conditioner. You know something for all of you folks out there? You're responsible for turning on your air conditioners. It's causing global warming because it's eroding the ozone layer. It's summertime, and you're not turning my summer into a winter. No, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. You could tell Matt Meany he could have some more avocado on his toast. Well, what else? What else do you have in mind? All right, that was a sore subject. Uh, the Mets, New York Metropolitan, sweep the Braves doubleheader. Very big story, right? Hold on a second. You know, you really, you're really putting salt in the wounds. I hate, I loathe, I despise the Mets, especially their owner, Stephen Cohn, who belongs in federal prison for insider trading information. It was bad enough you had the Will Ponzi's before, Fred and his son, you know, friend of the biggest white-collar rip-off artist in, in hell. He died in Butler Federal Prison in North Carolina with Carmine the Snake Persico acting as his protector. You know who I'm talking about. Bernie Madoff, may he burn in hell. And you want me to talk about the New York Mets? What did they do? Tell me. What did they do? They've won the series. They're on the way to the championship, it looks like. If we're oh, lucky. Oh, hope burns eternal for Met fans. Right? Oh, we're going to be in the World Series. Well, let me tell you something. It may not be politically correct, but I support the Atlanta Braves. Chop, 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 chop. Ted Turner, Jane Fonda. Yes, even Jimmy Carter and his wife. Chop, chop, chop. And I'm not a chef. I'm not a, a suit, so what do they call those chefs? Suits, a suey chef? You know, makes chop suey there at Woe Hop 1, Woe Hop 2 in Chinatown. Oh, no, no, no. I don't go chop chop like the mayor who says, oh, look at me. Look at me, kids. I make salad. Put your hands in the salad and have a tossed salad. Does he not know the psychosexual meaning of that to your generation? That's why they were laughing at the mayor the other day at Gracie Mansion. <laughs> oh, God. You know, three strikes and you're out, right? Uh, do you have anything else that might uh, tickle my fancy? All right, look, if you bear with me here, Curtis, you know everything I've about crime. I've born with you enough time. All right, here we go. You know everything about crime, right? I see you every time I'm looking for you around the studio preparing for your 90 hours of radio, trying to get ready for it. I look at the TV, and you're on Fox doing a hit about some nut job or some crime happening in the city. How about this? Oh, I love my Fox hit each and every day. Oh, it could be. Wait a second. Wait a second. The Rock Ribbed All American Conservative Voice of Reason from Franklin Square, Long Island, Sean Hannity. Or it could be Jesse Waters. Or it could be any number of shows we got. I am considered the expert on shoplifting, on boosting, on shooting and looting. You know, whenever a subject like that comes, all of a sudden, my phone blows up. It's the Fox News Channel. Spend more shooting and looting. You're the expert. Can you make it in? Of course, naturally. I could be in the middle of something, right? I drop everything and run. And you know that. So why all of a sudden are you bringing up the fact that I am a regular contributor for Fox about all things crime? Because of this next story. All right, trending right now. There's been a slew of pots and pans assaults throughout the country. Have you aware of this? Pots and pans. Kitchen, kitchen appliances and such. 
People are using them as weapons across the country. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm aware of the story in New York City. The NYPD hunting for five thugs in a Manhattan frying pan attack. I get that, but that's an exception to the rule. That's an aberration. You do realize that. What do you think? I'm an expert? Uh, would, would you be asking Joan Hamburg, who is the queen of radio because you produce her show also, would you be asking her, oh, Joan, before you sit down and do your hour show, which precedes Curtis at from 3 to 5 on Sundays, uh, we have to go through what's trending? Well, the first lady in New York radio, Joan Hamburg, plays ball. She picks up the trends and she runs with them, such as their interview just last week with the Harvey Weinstein guy. It was perfect. It was right on topic. Everyone's talking about Weinstein for the past four years. So she plays ball and she runs with it. Yeah, but she just mentioned the New York Times. They didn't have a chance to listen. She was going on and on with this uh, mail out to Kaka. Yeah, well, this guy you know, wrote a story in the New York Times coming out in the Sunday edition, which is trending, if, you, if I'm not mistaken. And he's writing about the 70s, kids playing on the street, kids unsupervised comparing it to today. Everyone wants to hear whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, 70s, you mean... Punk rock? Yeah, 1977, New York City. You mean the Ramones from Forest Hills? You mean Green Day? You mean Black Flag Anarchy? You mean The Clash? The Clash, the biggest counterculture group in rock and roll of all time that wrote a song dedicated to the Guardian Angels, Red Angel Dragnet? She should have interviewed me. Why didn't Joan, the queen of radio, who I've known for years, she's sort of like, uh, we'll call her the senior citizen on the female side, for purposes of description, the XX chromosome, not uh, any one of the 72 different genders that you hipsters and millennials, general uh, generation X, Y, or Z identify them as. And I'm the XY chromosome. Why didn't she interview the XY chromosome? I'm the expert on this. Contrary to what you think, Curtis, WABC does not stand for We Always Broadcast, Curtis. There are other people in New York City, people that write excellent articles in the New York Times Sunday edition, and they happen to know things about this subject, so we got that guy. I don't read the New York Times. I don't lift it up anymore, get a double hernia on Sunday with the other altacacas on the Upper West Side. But I noticed, I noticed that Young was promoting Sid the Peacock Rosenberg, his book, Citizens United. I mean, like, every break, oh, and you got to go out there. You know, it's going to be a New York Times bestseller. Sid Rosenberg, Citizens United. Well, why, why do I have to talk about this? All I tell people is go and steal his book. Go to Barnes & Noble. Do what Abby Hoffman said years ago up in the St. Lawrence River Valley when he was on the lam from the FBI and uh, from the uh, National Justice Departments who were making him public enemy number one. Remember he had his book, Steal This Book, and he wanted everybody to steal the book. I want you to steal Sid Rosenberg's book. Just do me one favor. When you go to a Barnes & Noble or the few bookstores that are available any longer, rip out page 27, rip out page 27, and see how I was the only one, the man who stood up to an army, a phalanx of cumulus executives who said, we don't want Sid Rosenberg at WABC, we don't want to attach him like an appendage to Bernard McGurk, we don't want him doing the mid-morning show to replace Geraldo Rivera, and by the way, we don't want him in mornings either, because his eye must fade in the sunset, and his ranch in nowhere along the border with Mexico. Underlay, underlay, bring the illegals over. We don't want him attached with Bernard McGurk and do the morning show. And who stood, who defied cumulus, who marched into the offices of Chad Lopez, our general manager, our El Presidente, our Capitituti, and say, what? They want to hire Mike Lupica? 
He's horrible. A terrible talk show host. In fact, is he on Sunday mornings any longer on ESPN on TV? Nope. Is he on ESPN radio? Nope. Why would we have wanted to hire him? And they had these specifications. He will not come into the studio. He will be broadcasting from his basement in New Canaan, Connecticut. Don't bother Mike when he's not on the air. He's too busy writing his sports column. Chad said, wow, you're that passionate? You're not serious about it? I said, if you don't hire Sid and team him with Bernard McGurk, I'm out of here. That's right. This is high noon. And he said, hey, there's a door. Make sure it don't hit on your way out. But miraculously, it all came about, huh? And you got one page in the book for standing up to, for Sid that whole time, backing him up, make sure he came back to New York. You got page 27, and that's it? Page 27. It's a full page, ladies and gentlemen. So when you steal his book, don't pay for it. Uh, just rip out page 27. If you can't get through the store detective, it may be one of the few places that you can't loot or you can't shoplift or you can't boost any products. You know, Barnes & Noble or what's left of the actual brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop bookstores. And don't order it on Amazon because I hate Jeff Bezos with a passion. Let me tell you something. I, I walk around the streets of New York City. Oh, I dropped this water. I, I look all over the place. These mom and pop shops, empty. Look at all these storefronts. Who's responsible for this? Is it COVID-19? Is it coronavirus? Is it Vladimir Putin? No, it's Amazon. How are we ever going to bring back the mom and pop shops? How are we ever going to do it? So you know something, ladies and gentlemen? Even if you're a sickle fan, Tony and Lackey of Sid Rosenberg and Bernard McGurk in the mornings, the number one news talk program now in the nation. Ratings wise, do not order Sid Rosenberg's Citizens United on Amazon. Don't feed the beast. I make myself perfectly. Oh, by the way, I'll bet you you didn't sit down with Cindy Adams, the number one gossip columnist, columnist extraordinaire in all of America, who I think is like 92. Did you sit down with Cindy? You go through all these 92 with Cindy. She uh, comes to me with a great story, Miranda Devine, who happens to be what? She's trending, right? Hunter Biden, the border, New York Post, full page articles, everything you need to know Miranda Devine is writing about. Trending. She's trending, Curtis. Yeah, I'm not going to knock that. She's the best at the New York Post. There's no doubt about that. But what did she have last week that was trending? I noticed you went, you ran over to Cindy Adams, Park Avenue, you know, um, Palacio. To do the show. You don't do that. Why? Why? Why do you do that for her? Huh? Well, first of all, if I was to go over to your apartment uh, to tape your show, there'd be cat poop all over the Comrex, and it'd be a thousand degrees because you're turning off the air conditioning. It'd be an absolute disaster. I went over to Sydney Adams's Park Avenue, very nice, very spacious, no cats apartment, and we recorded a awesome interview with Kisses Gene Simmons, who happens to be on his final tour of all time. Trending. Did she asked the question and only said, Cindy Adams would ask, how long is your schlong? She did not. Oh. She happened to ask him, what's up with the tongue? Oh, oh, oh. Cindy Adams, who is well known, going to many of the delis over the years with her former husband. May he rest in peace, Joey Adams, the great comedian. They would be seen at the dairy and sometimes the meat delis. You know, the kosher deli. You, yeah, you probably yeah. wouldn't know anything that. You're like a BLT Jew, right? Bacon, lettuce, and tomato. May you impale yourself with your... Oh, oh crucifix! You're a Jew for Jesus, huh? 
What, you give up the religion, being a chosen person? I've never been Jewish in my entire life. You not know, not you, once. Not even once. You, how about this? Sid Rosenberg does not want to be Jewish. He wanted to be birthed in Italian. He wanted to be able to wear five gold crucifixes around his neck, the cornu, the Italian horn, and, you know, be a supreme kushi. So how about this? You give him your crucifix, and he can give you the Ben-Hur symbol, the Star of David. And you know something? You can both impale yourself with a menorah. What the hell? Stop this music. Who does this music? This this nonsense millennial hipster music. This is a 2014 top 10 platinum hit by the Chainsmokers. Hashtag selfie. Wait a second. Hold on a second. Uh, Rich, don't get excited there in the, as board operator. Chainsmokers. Have, uh, we run this by Dr. Mikolos. Dr. Mikolos, who tells us about monkeypox, who tells us about the potential explosion we thought this disease was gone in our lifetime, polio, who tells us about the different variants of COVID-19. Uh, do we run this by Dr. Mikolos? Uh, so Dr. Mikolos is uh, obligated to only appear on John Katsimatidis' Cats Roundtable and Cats at Night shows. Oh, Cats Roundtable, Cats. So what am I, a pisher here, a schmendrick? Am I a person of no consequence? I think chain smoking leads to early death, lung cancer. Oh, but here, oh, look rich, rich behind the board, a proud Uriel Asiatic black man saying, I got to have my Newport menthols. I got to have my Newport menthols. You know, when I was locked up, I was like currency in jail. You know, it wasn't, oh, oh, no, no, no. It wasn't the ramen noodles. No, you went to commissary and guys were trying to, you know, immediately give you a beat down, take your commissary. You know, it wasn't honey buns. No, 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 it wasn't honey buns. You know what it was when you could smoke in jail? No, it wasn't reefer, it wasn't blunt. None of that. It was Newport Menthol. The brothers couldn't live without it. It was like currency in jail. You know, you, you, you hipsters and millennials, you think you can get over on me because I'm AARP. Let me tell you. Yeah, you want me to talk about people being attacked with frying pans as if it's all of a sudden a national epidemic and emergency? I'll talk about it coming up next. And I see, oh, I see you're flashing me a card that they may want to force you to register your frying pan and ban illegal frying pans. What are they afraid of? The iron uh, connection uh, coming from other states? Frying pans instead of guns? This is an absolute outrage, a humiliation. But then again, if I'm going to continue to eat up the real estate here at WABC, where WABC, the acronym stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis, I guess I got to suck it up. But in the second hour... I'm going to give you the story about Cousin Brucie that wasn't told yesterday at 4 o'clock. All you got was the garnish yesterday. Now I'm going to give you the full entree, like I gave you last night, from 12 midnight to 6 in the morning to the break of dawn. And then later, oh, I've been blessed by John Katz Matitas, because when I return at 9 o'clock, a special tribute to Tony Bennett, who I disparaged, who I cast aspersions against. And if I don't do this... I may go straight to hell without an asbestos suit. Wait, pause. Jason just like my selfie. What a creep.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Cool and Dre. This is the remix for the city. Let's just start snapping. Crack hit bleak on the jack like, let's make it happen. Oh, it's Nothing me. can stop me. I'm all the way up. It's me. Mind on our mind, this is now the new theme song of Eric Adams. The, the law and order may it not. The uh, swagger man with no plan. He was on the stage yesterday. Could you believe they had a 12-hour hip-hop monster concert at the Forest Hill Stadium? You want to believe all those out-the-cockers, all those mcwhitey whiteys are putting up the Forest Hill signs today in the gardens in Regal Park and in Forest Hills? They've never seen anything like that before. But after going through a whole laundry list of enemies of society, all of a sudden it was time for LL Cool J. You know, this ain't a comeback. By the way, LL Cool J, born in the suburbs out there in Long Island, pretending to be a tough guy. Oh, yeah, man. I was hanging out in Southeast Queens, you know, Roy Wilkins Park, you know, Basley Pond Park, outside of August Martin. Not. Now, that was James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. He doesn't talk about it enough. Went to Jackson High School. Man, that was tough stuff. You know, you happen to be uh, my complexion. You didn't want to be going to Jackson, and you did not want to be going to August Martin. Because, man, come on, Rich, you knew. You had that target on your back. Man, that's the milk money guy. Let's get him now. Let's vamp him. So anyway, to the wee hours of the morning, I was on, as I am uh, every uh, Sunday morning from 12 midnight to 6. My phone was blowing up. Why? Because everybody was in lockdown in Forest Hills, the Forest Hills Gardens, Regal Park, because the hip-hop concert was going on and on and on. And then all of a sudden, they deemed uh, the mayor of the city of New York, Eric Adams, the hip-hop mayor, full anointment. There, Jada Kiss was there. Oh, man. I think Ludacris and Jada Kiss. I can't, I can't tell the difference between those kisses. I'll tell you this much. You didn't have Simmons and the Kiss Army up there. Hell no. But you had every degenerate hip-hop monster starting at 12 noon. I mean, going 12 hours into the break of dawn. And the mayor left there, and instead of going eight miles, eight miles. Get it? Get it? You see that? Uh, Rich, you see, you see the segue? Eight mile Eminem. <laughs> You don't know, 8 Mile, Eminem, Slim Shady, you know, the movie, 8 Mile. Yeah, you got it. You got it. I don't know if our audience gets it, but 8 Miles Away in the heart of Southeast Queens. Not far with, actually, 50 Cent, a.k.a. Curtis Jackson, who culturally appropriated my name. I had it before him. Was slinging crack outside of the Rochdale Projects. No, it's not projects. It's actually co-ops. The projects are further up there, the 40s. 
But then again, you think LL Cool J goes in the hell no, because they'd strip all his bling bling and gold, just like that Reverend Whitmore and Canarsie of the Church of What's Happening Now. What was he saying today? Oh, I'm a victim. Oh, it's all racism that you would accuse me of bilking the system and trying to get insurance. Yes, you fraud. We'll deal with that later on tonight with Dominic Carter, who predicted it was nothing but an insurance scam. Another friend of the Mayor Eric Adams, but I digress. So here it is, Southeast Queens, 11.30 at night. Finally, we had undercover police officers, DTs in unmarked cars, periscope up, and they noticed all of a sudden there was one group of degenerate gangbangers. Of course, what music do they listen to? Do you listen? You think they listen to rock and roll? Do you think they listen to what Cousin Brucey was spinning? Stacks of wax? Hell no. Listen to Hot 97. More drive-bys, more shootings, more drugs, more chaos, more momentum. And if not that, Power 105. By the way, uh, find out, Kevin, uh, Josh, make yourself useful as a weekend producer. How come they don't have me on any of their shows? So, man, I can, I, I, I can tell them the real deal from the total perspective, not just the Caucasoid perspective. But then again, I digress. So here it is, 1130 at night. You would think, like, there's a certain time for a curfew when you got a party inside the house, in the backyard, in the front, that pours out into the street. But, oh, no, 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 it was dance hall reggae. Put your guns in the air like you just don't care and shoot it. So our crack DT said... You know, I think there's going to be trouble. They're already shooting their guns in the air. Pretty soon, they're going to be shooting at one another. And that's exactly what happened. You had the black cars of various descriptions, you know, with tinted glass, right? And all the bling bling on it. All of it that's illegal, I might add. With the big rims rolling around the block. And all of a sudden, one group of gangbangers pull out their nines. The other group who's partying pull out their nines. They're shooting at one another. The DTs jump out. Thank God they didn't run. And they start firing. And guess what both gangbangers did? They turned their guns on the cops. Bloods and Crips, they hate one another, but they hate the blue of the NYPD more. Four of the thugs were shot. Thank God none of the cops were shot. The rest were sucking concrete, and most were already turned loose. Because you know what it is. Yeah, you, you do know. There are no consequences in the city. Now, did the hip-hop man, did Eric Adams, who was eight miles away, get it? Eight? Yeah, Okay. You're a tough learn, Rich, and definitely you, Kevin Jones, wondering, why did he call me a Jew when I got a, a crucifix? Because, you know, you ever hear of Jews for Jesus? You know, there were plenty of people who all of a sudden decided to give up Hashem for JC. I needn't have to tell you that. But again, you caused me to digress. So you would have thought that would have been the number one story, right? Gangbangers shooting at one another, 1130 in a middle-class black community in Southeast Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they turn together and shoot on the cops. And where was the mayor and the police commissioner? By the way, what's the name of the police commissioner? Sewell? Man, she's missing in action. But no, the mayor preferred to hang out with the homies, all the hip-hop monsters who promote drive-by shootings, gang-banging, drug dealing at the Forest Hills Tennis Stadium. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. 
Oh, so I got to get back on script. I got to talk about the number one crime plaguing America today. People taking the law into their own hands, picking up frying pans, and going kabong against people breaking into their domiciles, and also criminals using frying pans. Who knew that you can go into a Home Depot? And now when you buy a frying pan, it has to be registered and considered a lethal weapon. Who knew? Let me give you the main story coming out of New York City, All Points Bulletin. You would think this is the number one crime in all of New York, other than our politicians putting window shades on their eyes, zippers on their mouth, cotton balls in their ears, to the invasion that's taking place every moment at the border. We're going to be talking about that tonight at 10. Oh, I got late-breaking details on that. But the NYPD is searching for five suspects who attacked a 34-year-old man. Five suspects in the Lower East Side, right off of Ludlow and Rivington Street. And you know what they attacked him with? Frying pants. They beat the living daylights out of him with frying pants. And then they stripped him like a carcass in the Mojave Desert, like buzzards and vultures, like hyenas that they are, like jackals for his cash, his credit cards, his documents. Oh, then he wasn't an illegal alien because they don't need to show documents. And actually his cell phone. The victim was taken to a nearby hospital and the five enemies of society, the thugs, are raising their frying pans in the air like they just don't care. Who knew it was a major crime? But Kevin Jones... You're on to something here. Maybe that's why the Attorney General of the United States uh, is considering banning frying pans that are not registered in Home Depots around the country. Look at this. Dateline New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans, I mean, it has worse crime than New York City. I got Guardian Angels there. Right down on Canal and Bourbon. Right in Jackson Square. The thugs and thuggets, they're at it 24-7-365. The cops in New Orleans, by the way, who are crooked and thugs themselves, they're searching for a woman, attacking another woman with a metal frying pan, and then doing a home invasion of her apartment right there on Bourbon and Canal. It's a 26-year-old woman that they know who's done this before. She's done it 58 times with a frying pan. Maybe there's something to this, Kevin Josh. Meantime, let's go to Bethesda, Maryland. Very important place in the Beltway, as you know. Right now, what are they doing? Uh, uh, Let's make a deal with... uh, Oh, I, I need my music here, Rich. Don't deprive me of my music, you know, from the terror squad. Fat Joe ought to be in jail for not paying his taxes. Uh, Remy Ma, 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 Ma. He's probably a Mama Luke, a Mama's boy. And Montana, Montana. What's the name of his group? Coke Boys? We're not talking Coach, you know, or Cock Boys. You know, the two brothers, unfortunately, one who passed away, who bankrolled Lincoln Center. No, 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 not them. Coke Boys. You know what that is? Those are guys who bring in kilos of coquina from Medellin, from Cali. Oh, and all that. They were on the stage there. Oh, look at our hip-hop mayor, Eric Yeah, Adam. the hip-hop mayor. Yeah, the hip-hop mayor. Yeah, yeah. Raise the roof. Guy, yeah, pay attention, man. Crime is off the hook. Come on, Eric. Get focused, man. Get focused. Anyway, in Bethesda, Maryland... It's summer school time. I hated summer school, you know, because we didn't have air conditioners, right? No, I loved every second being in summer school. And I said, teacher, keep the windows closed. I love the schwitz. And the other kids looked at me like, you're insane in the brain. Just like my wife does now. She wants to turn on the air conditioner. And I said, turn it off. This will be the one thing that breaks this nirvana. Ma- 
Oh, I don't want to mention Nirvana because we remember what happened with Nirvana, right? Don't want to mention that at all. Anyway, back on track here. It's summer school, Bethesda, Maryland, and a high school student who didn't want to go to summer school is under arrest for attacking another student, not with a 9 millimeter, not with a straight-edge razor, with a frying pan. May I guess that one of the courses he was trying to make up on was culinary, right? Where the hell do you find a frying pan in a high school? Certainly not in the cafeteria. You ever see the old blue-gray uh, gray, uh, maidens who serve you up that slop? And now they're telling you, oh, it has to be, it has to be plant-based. Hey, the old-fashioned stuff was horrible, like on Fridays. Remember pizza? Pizza Day, they give you these generic, generic, uh, oh, God. I really hated that at Pildesi Junior High School, the blue-haired matrons. All of a sudden, what do you want? Right, generic pizza, the generic English muffins, and they'd have a slice of government brick cheese on it, and then they'd put that catsup on it, you know, that generic catsup, and they'd put it in the microwave, and they'd... You know, they put it on blast, and then they'd say, that's pizza. And I'd say, that's not pizza. Take it and eat it. Remember, there are starving children in Red China and India. I have nightmares from that. But anyway, let's go to Marquette, Michigan. No, not Marquette in Wisconsin, uh, in Milwaukee. Marquette, Michigan, where there was an invasion of a home. And the local resident picked up not one. But two frying pans in defense of the guy who had a knife. And guess who got the drop on the thug? The resident with the two frying pans. He hit him in the head. Oh, that's like a wooden shampoo that the cops used to be able to give give you, but they took away their nightsticks. So maybe we should give our police frying pans. Go around the city. Bang! Bang! Come on! Oh, that's too brutal. You know, that's too excessive. They now want to register frying pans. They consider a frying pan a lethal weapon. Let me tell you something. I've dated some women, right? I've married some women. Let's not bring up my nightmares. Where if they had a frying pan in their hand, I would have given them a black belt from Betty Crocker because they could cook to kill. They should have been incarcerated for also what they traumatized me with. Child support. But we can discuss that another day. So Marquette, Michigan, believe it or not, another frying pan attack. Let's look here. El Cajon, California. I've been to El Cajon. Right near the San Ysidro Canyon. It separates the United States of America from Andale, Andale, Andale. All the illegals who want to come in because Papa Chula, Joe Biden, and Giggles Harris has said, Come one, come all. Hey, who's your daddy, Joe Biden says. I'm your Papa Chulo. El Cajon. So what happened in El Cajon? Wow, this is incredible. An illegal alien fatally beat another man in the face and head. Guess what? With a frying pan that he stole from a hardware store. Meantime, a sheriff uh, in Clayton County, Georgia, where they're trying to figure out, should we or should we not elect Herschel? Herschel seems to be a dollar short and a day late. Doesn't seem to be able to know all the kids that he fathered into the world. He has something in common with Curtis, doesn't he? No. I know who they are because I have to pay child support for them. Don't put me in the Herschel Walker camp here. But Clayton County, Georgia, two identical 19-year-old twins, women, have been arrested. Kyra and Tyra. Oh, man, they could have a talk show on the BET. Kyra and Tyra. 
You know, there's sisters with attitude. You ever deal with sisters? I've dealt with sisters. I married a sister. It was the first of my many failed manage- marriages. Oh, man. It was one year. One year. We were in Brownsville. Never ran, never will. Imagine a white guy living in Brownsville in 1974. The black guys say to me, oh, whoa, you're taking the sisters? Then I try to go back to Canarsie with the Supreme Cougines, my cousins. And they say, you an end lover? Man, I had nowhere to go. But anyway, I digress here because my wife at the time, the first of many to come, she met Jacoby, I met Myers, and after a year, we went our ways because she had uh, bupkis and I had ugats, nothing. Can you imagine if I had anything? Oh, it would have cost me a month of Sundays with Corinne Drayton. By the way, if anybody has seen Corinne out there, say I have nothing but nice things to say about her, my ex, not the others. Because Corinne never did me wrong, never disparaged me, never... Uh, uh, why am I talking about this? Anyway, Kyra and Tyra here. What they did was they kicked in a door... And they beat a female victim in the face, and they double-teamed her with frying pans. Now, get this. They are accused of then dragging the woman out of her home, stealing her car keys, and phone. The weapon of choice, a frying pan. They were asked, do you know how to cook? They said, no, that's why God invented takeout food. So what the hell were you doing with frying pans? There's something to this. Let's go to Washington County in Pennsylvania. What is it best known for? I'll bet you that Vinnie Madunio coming up at 5, the Staten Island kid who's going to do a shit-ock and try to bring Pete Davidson back with uh, Baby Got Back Kardashian. Knock yourself out there, Vinnie. Anyway, Washington County. What do we know about Washington County? If you listen to Cousin Brucie, who I'm going to be riffing about in part two of my audio documentary, which is the best, not like the rest, coming up at four. If you know anything about Washington County, a town of 5,000, as you go south from Pittsburgh to Wheeling, West Virginia, a place I would suggest you avoid, really avoid that, the land of the three-eyed cousin fornicators, the hillbillies, they walk around with pickaxes. By the way, Rich, I wouldn't suggest that you go to Wheeling, West Virginia, because your color, your complexion is not your protection there from the white hillbillies. But let me make mention that it's Washington County. You know who came out of Washington County? My mother's favorite crooner. I'm sure Tony Orlando without Dawn would be talking about that. And Joe Piscopo, who's coming up from 6 to 8, although he talks exclusively Sinatra for Ramsey Mazda, he would know Perry Como. Perry Como with the sweaters. My, my mother, Francesca, she loved Perry Como. She would watch him every Saturday. The only vinyl she would ever play on our Victrola. You know what a Victrola is, Rich? And Kevin, you have no idea. You get your 13-inch RCA color TV, and it's attached to a phonograph. It's all in one. You have no idea. You know, you need to come in the time machine with me. And you know something? You're not coming back. I'm leaving you there. You guys have no idea. So anyway, my mother loved Perry Como. You know who also idolized Perry Como? He was young. He was a protege of Perry Como, although he was not Italian. He was all Polish all the time. The Polish prince, Bobby Vinton, he grew up right there, Washington County. How could a community of 50,000 produce two of the most talented performers in the world? And you know something? When he realized that Perry Como had hit the big time in New York, he traveled to New York. He said, where does Perry Como live? Oh, the North Shore, Long Island. Way out there as you go towards Montauk. He goes, I want to be just like Perry Como. Right? I, I, yeah, you, Rich, going out. I want to be just like Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Knock yourself out. No chance of that. But Bobby Vinton became just like Perry Como. Even though he was Polish, 
Perry Como was Italian. Perry Como embraced him. Bobby Vinton plays every instrument of an orchestra. He is the uber-talented, no longer young man of Polish background, a hero in my household. Not on my Italian side, I might add, but on my Polish side. Oh, my father, oh, you got to play the Polish prince. I'm tired of hearing Sinatra and Tony Bennett and Perry Como. It's one big Italian festival here, like it's the San Gennaro Festival. I said, Dad, be careful. Do you know how many relatives Mom has? You know, they didn't believe in birth control. I mean, there are more cousins than I can count on my fingers and toes. It's safe to say that when we visit our family in Chicago, the Polish side. But you know something? Let's wait till we get to Chicago to have a Bobby Vinton music extravaganza. Can you believe that? All from Washington. But the reason we're talking about Washington, Pennsylvania, is a 17-year-old woman, a thugette, was arrested on two felony counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. She attacked a woman with what? A frying pan that she stole from a convenience store. Oh, my God. And she's facing some really serious charges. Look at this. For hitting a woman with a deadly weapon, a frying pan. Now, the woman is still alive. She's not impaired. She hasn't suffered neurological damage. This woman, Gabrielle is facing a maximum sentence of 30 years in prison. And she wasn't released. She's being held with bail. Well, let's all move to Washington, Pennsylvania. My God, you hit somebody with a frying pan, and they're not even dead. They're not even neurologically damaged. This woman's facing 30 years in prison. Want to bet that nobody in Washington County uses a frying pan any longer as a lethal weapon? Oh, look here, Fayetteville, North Carolina, where everyone from New York and New Jersey are fleeing to if they haven't already fled to uh, Florida. 21-year-old woman arguing over a dog beat her boyfriend's mom to death with a frying pan. They're talking about death penalty for her. Yeah, North Carolina, South Carolina, they still put you in old Sparky. They'll fire it up or they'll say, what would you prefer? Would you prefer the electric chair, lethal injection, or death by firing squad? Where we offer you a cigar, cigarette, tipperello. And sure, if you want blindfold, we give you that too. Isn't it so great in North Carolina, South Carolina? They give you three options to put the juice in your caboose. And then finally, Sharon, Pennsylvania. It's nothing more American than Sharon, Pennsylvania. You know, I used to be a spokesperson for the club. That's right, the man who invented the club. Remember in the last crime wave in the 70s and 80s, Jim Winner invented the club. Everybody had the club, right? I mean, come on, Rich, your family had the club. Even you, Kevin, out there in five towns where you grew up, a booker boy, you know, you were doing Talmud, you were doing Torah. Even out there in five towns, you had the club on the steering wheel because everybody coming across from <clears throat> Redfern, Auburn, Edgemere, and Far Rockaway. Yeah. <laughs> you left that car out there at night. If you didn't have a club on it, it was gone. Or you used the Curtis Lee autograph designer club. That's right. I had a designer autograph model of the club of Jim Winner. And mine you left underneath the seat. You didn't put it on the steering wheel. So when you were being carjacked or somebody was coming up to you and they wanted to squeegee you, you took out that autograph Curtis Lee Club and you said, go ahead, put that squeegee on my windshield and I'll hit you so hard. Your mother will feel the vibrations. Sharon, Pennsylvania. 
A man has been charged with attacking a woman with a frying pan. Apparently, this woman woke up. He had already invaded her house. He struck her in the face with a frying pan. Ladies and gentlemen, with all the crime taking place all over America, with violent crime skyrocketing, murders, rapes, robberies, smashing grabs, all of which I'll be talking about later on tonight, the number one most feared item in America now is a lethal weapon, is a frying pan. Our attorney general in Washington is now drawing up legislation in which he is going to propose the regulation by the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Agency, the ATF, of every frying pan sold in America. It has to have a VIN number. It's got to be registered. You have to have a 72-hour Brady background check or you don't get your freaking frying pan. Can you imagine in the iron pipeline coming into our city all the illegal frying pans that are going to be flooding the five boroughs of the city of New York? Oh, that's right, our mayor, the swagger man with no plan. He was using a frying pan, teaching culinary skills on Friday while the crime crisis turns us into fear city. We have a hip-hop mayor. It doesn't get any crazier than that. It doesn't get any crazier than that. York's talk station with the king of New York, Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Thank God. We're back on track, getting rid of that hip-hop crap that leads to more drive-bys, more shootings, more gang-banging, more drug-dealing, chaos, mishigash, and anarchy. These are the classics, right? This is what you hear with Vinnie Madunio coming up next. I mean, he is the rising star here at WABC, the Staten Island Kid. Not Frank Morano. Oh, my God. He's still missing in action. That's why I'm going to have to return in the morning, right, from 1 to 5. Hey, Frank, continue to take a vacation because I'll just eat up the real estate. This is the kind of song that would be played by Tony Orlando without dawn on Saturday nights from 10 to 12. But it's also the kind of song that Cousin Brucie, a.k.a. Bruce Morrow, would play every Saturday night. The mentor for... Vinnie Madunio, by the way, tasked with the responsibility of trying to do a shidduck and bring together Davidson and Kardashian. Yeah, go ahead, knock yourself out, right? Who cares? Who cares? Oh, oh, you bought the Staten Island Ferry? Why didn't you buy me a $500 million yacht? Bezos would have done that. What a schmuck Davidson was to think that he was going to be anything more than a boy toy trying to keep up with uh, the Kardashians. And fooling around with the TikTok girls. But I digress. Oh, oh, here it is. Look at this. Uh, Coney Island, so I have to mention Sid Rosenberg's new book. Because, you know, he's from Brooklyn. Bruce Morrow, a.k.a. Uh, Cousin Brucey, he's from Brooklyn. Brucey went to Madison. Let's see, Sid Rosenberg went to, uh, I think, Midwood. And then, oh, oh yeah, Polly Prep. Oh, yeah. Went to Polly Prep. 
Why do I have to mention this? Sid Rosenberg, Citizens United, S-I-D. I mean, I bite my tongue when I say that. And it's written with Johnny Russo. Johnny Russo or the Godfather? Does he know what kind of vague Johnny Russo is going to want for this? Oh, wait a second. got to be careful. The forward was written by our own John Katsimatidis. I apologize. I will do this uh, promo here. And Bernard McGurk. And what do I get? Not even a thumbnail sketch? Salicious spiel story suggestions and solutions to withstand a woke world. My God, that's a tongue twister. So all I say is, on behalf of the dearly departed, yipster of all yipsters, Abby Hoffman, steal his book. I don't care if you're in a Barnes and Nobles. I don't care if you're in a mall. I don't care if you're in an airport. You know, you're online because they got to test you. They got to stick the swizzle stick up your nose. Now they got to test you for COVID-19 variants, monkeypox, and believe it or not, polio. We're going to be talking about that all later on tonight from 9 to 12. But the reason I'm playing Coney Island Baby is that when you think of Cousin Brucey, Bruce Morrow, Coney Island, you think of Curtis Sleewitt, you know I'm the Coney Island kid. I competed in the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest 1996, finished third. And you knew that Sid Rosenberg, the Brooklyn kid, hung out underneath the boardwalk in Coney Island before they stuffed it with sand in the aftermath of Superstorm Sandy. I'm not going to be telling you what Sid was doing under the boardwalk. But where you cut our veins and arteries, we're Brooklyn boys and we're proud of that. And I heard the uh, audio documentary done by Chris Libertini. Let's just say a lot of roughage and not enough meat and potatoes. Or for the purposes of describing Coney Island. Not enough Nathan's, Frank's, and Fry's. So I did a complete hour in the overnight from 12 to 6, which I do on the weekends, the other side of midnight, uh, Saturday mornings, and I keep you up to the break of dawn and Sunday mornings. It were things that nobody had talked about in terms of... Uh, the number one GOAT of all time. And what I mean by GOAT is greatest of all time, bar none, jocks spinning stacks of wax. But there was a time in 1973 that the powers to be wanted to knock Cousin Brucie off his throne here at WABC at night. And they reached out to another Brooklyn guy. That's right, born in the Berg. Who went to manual training. That's right. That's right in Park Slope. It was a vocational school there. Same school that Joe Pepitone, the great Yankee, went to. Shot himself in the calf. Almost ruined his athletic career in metal shop. Because he wanted to be a thug. And he went on to become Wolfman Jack. And he was broadcasting from Mexico. 250,000 watt station. That if you got in your car... You know, see the USA and the Chevrolet from New York City to L.A. You'd hear Wolfman Jack the rest of the way. They brought him in at great expense for one purpose, one purpose alone, at NBC, the Nincompoop Broadcasting Company, which was to knock Cousin Brucey off of his throne. In fact, you're not going anywhere. You're, you're going to be listening because I'm going to tell you how it was like Ali Frazier. Except Cousin Brucey persevered against all odds, as he always had on WABC.
York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. When you're a jet, you're a jet. All your first cigarette to your last dying day. When you're a jet, let them do what they can. You've got brothers around. You're a family man. You're never alone. You're never disconnected. You're home with your own. Companies expected, you're well protected. Then you are set with the capital J, which you'll never forget till they cart you away. When you're a jet, you stay a jet. When you're a jet, you're a jet. Yeah, those moron New York Jet fans, they spell jets J E T T S. No. It's the classic song for West Side Story that was uh, conducted by Leonard Bernstein. Did I mention that uh, Bradley Cooper, who is dating Huma now, with the seal of approval from Hillary? What a diss to my partner, Anthony Weiner, on Saturdays when we do left after right after he does his in the middle from two to three. Remember he stored all those purloined documents of Hillary on his laptop, almost almost sent him to jail for that. And instead of just taking quite, you know, that's that's Anthony's business, that's uh, Huma's business, you know. I'm here in the whitest uh, suburb of America, Chappaqua, where even the uh, lawn jockeys are white. You know, I get my, uh, my latte, I get my double latte, and I walk through... I walk through the forest area and I'm channeling to Eleanor Roosevelt each and every day. Hillary does. You know, she loves Starbucks. She loves it there. The Love Shack in Chappaqua. But she had a way in. She had to stick another shiv into Anthony. And, you know, it's Bradley Cooper who's now performing as Leonard Bernstein in the movie. Did he realize that Leonard Bernstein was a radical left winger who advocated... The end of America by supporting the Black Panther Party and the weather on the ground. Does Bradley understand that? Leonard Bernstein held fundraisers on the Upper West Side for the Black Panther Party. For Elvridge Cleaver, who wrote Soul on Ice, a book that actually said that raping white women was a political act. And all the mighty whiteys, McWhitey said, oh, brilliant, brilliant. Nut job. And then Bobby Seale, right? Bobby Seale was from Philadelphia selling barbecue sauce. Like, what kind of a Black Panther would be selling barbecue sauce? And Bobby Seale told me years later, well, they were stupid white people. You know, I figured I'd make a few, a little bit of coin along the way. But you see, I digress here. There was a place that Anthony Weiner used to be in the well of the house on C-SPAN. Remember, he was always on C-SPAN, screaming and yelling and hollering. You know, he needed liquid Prozac. That was Anthony then. That's not him now any longer. But I guess I have to be the news guy because we have that oldie moldy news on the weekend that I just don't understand. If I need to know what happened on Thursday, I'll listen to the news on Thursday. If I need to know what happened on Friday, I'll listen to the news on Friday. It's so much better in the overnights because I do the news while I do the show. <laughs> so the Senate Democrats, by a razor-thin margin, passed the domestic bill that addresses energy taxes and health care. Vice President Giggles, <laughs> Kamala Harris, was the deciding vote as the one $740 billion package dubbed the Inflation Reduction Act, passed by the merest of margins, 5150. This is from Chuck Schumer. It's been a long, tough, and winding road. 
A winding road? That, that, that's from the Beatles. I hate the Beatles. I right? long winding. I hate the Beatles. Sorry. Sorry, Cousin Brucey. I realize Shea Stadium on the stage with Ed Sullivan. I was hoping to see Topo Gijo there with Ed Sullivan. But there they were, the four Beatles. I digress. We'll get to that momentarily. But at last, at last, we have arrived. Thank God we have arrived. By the way, do you know the only time that I ever acknowledged Chuck Schumer, fellow Brooklynite, the the only time I ever shook his hand is when he came to um, Cousin Brucey's Variety Children's Charity Radiothon. Brucey also did one, a telethon. He was the president of the group. That's how I uh, began to know Cousin Brucey uh, as a personal friend. All the years, taking care of the children who are physically challenged, disadvantaged, sick or needy. There was Jerry Lewis, right, nationally. You remember Labor Day. You had the telethon, the MDA, muscular dystrophy telethon. And then you had Cousin Brucie every day for the Variety Children's Charity. Radiothon telethon. So here is Chuck Schumer on his bicycle coming in from uh, Prospect Park West. He was behind. He was sweating. You could see this was legitimate. It wasn't just doing the political thing. He said to Brucey, I realize I'm not going to be on TV. I'm late. But you know something? I want to be here for you, Cousin Brucey, and most importantly, the children. And Brucey said, Curtis, you want to shake his hand? And he looked at me, and he kept his hands to his side, and I kept my hands to the side. And Cousin Brucey was like Jimmy Carter between Menachem Begin and Anwar Sadat. He could have won a Nobel Peace Prize for that. We ended up shaking hands. The only time! It'll never happen again. But anyway, let me uh, continue. The Senate, the Inflation Reduction Act, and then they give naturally all the nonsense of what it means, both sides. The approval comes after quick-fire amendments were offered Saturday night into Sunday during a so-called vote-a-rama, which is nothing more than Monty Hall, let's make a deal, right? How are you going to wind me, dine me, and pocket line me for the vote? Remember Manchin in first, all Republicans say, if only more Democrats were like Manchin. All Democrats should be like Manchin when he held out. Then he decided to join Schumer at the hip, right? Oh, evil Satan. He's just like all those Democrats. They bought him out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he comes from West Virginia. Everybody gets bought out in West Virginia. Show me one honest man. Who is that, uh, in fact, for the Curtis Lieber Booby Prize? Who was the famous Greek philosopher who actually existed in a tub of human feces, believe it or not, walked through the hills of Greece, where Frank Morano is apparently leaving now to get his ass back here where he needs to be. Come on home, Frank. Enough of this vacation routine. And he was looking for one honest man. If you know the name of that person, ladies and gentlemen, you will get... A Curtis Lee will booby prize. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Well, let me continue on this because I know some of you are fuming. You say, Manchin sold out. He was your hero, and now he's your heel. Hey, these are politicians. They're all up for, all up for me. You know, people would tell me that Alphonse Alley Boyd D'Amato, the reason they liked Alphonse Alley Boyd D'Amato, because if you called Alphonse Alley Boyd D'Amato, and you said, I need your vote on this deal. You said, I already sold my vote. I want to be honest with you. I don't want to pull your chain and then get a donation from you. And then you scream at me because I did the double dutch. I already sold my vote. 
I mean, everybody will tell you that about Al Damano, the pothole senator. But, yeah, every vote is up for sale. Every elected senator, Democrat or Republican. So for you to think they're ideologically pure, they're down there with the tidy ball, man. Flush them all. So the approval comes after quick-fire amendments were offered Saturday night into Sunday during the so-called vote-a-rama, in which they were taught, what were they told? Oh, what are the food that they're eating, the fast food that they're staying awake? You know what they were doing? Red Bull. You know what some of these degenerates were doing? Meth. You know, they're not going to tell you that. You know, hitting the pipe. You know, the younger members. If you say to the older members, you know, like Easley there from Iowa, oh, meth, oh, I can see smoking corn stalks. You see, that's the news Curtis Lee was style. Did you hear that as part of our news broadcast? Of course not. I will address that until the day I die. I am not going to be doing shows unless we have fresh slices. I grew up buying bum slices, you know, from underneath the counter at the local pizzeria. I say, hey, hey Vito, uh, Sal, uh, I don't want that slice. And give me a fresh slice. Right? I want to see that you made the pea. I want the fresh. Curtis, come on. Don't cause trouble for me. Yeah. I want a fresh slice, not a bum slice. Hey, Kevin Josh, uh, you know, live up to your title. You know, oh, weekend. I'm the weekend producer. What are we going to do about this oldie moldy news? So anyway, uh, it is Jets versus Sharks. And here's a story that almost has not been told. I was a little disappointed. As I always am in Chris Libertini, who puts these uh, the documentary series together, the hour that you hear on Saturdays at 4 o'clock after Left versus Right, Curtis versus Anthony. And I listen very intently about the life of uh, the greatest of all time. Nobody would argue with that. In fact, what really hearkened me back in history was our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, great talk show host in his own right, and he brought us back on memory lane to the time that I remember my sister, Alita, my older sister, would go to Palisades Park, swings all day and after dark, and was there when Cousin Brucie was introducing Bobby Rydell, who just recently passed. Let me, let me have a, a fresh slice of John Katzmatidis, please. This is John Katzmatidis, and we're celebrating 100 years at WABC. And when I bought WABC a few years ago, the first person I said, we're bringing back, because I grew up, was Cousin Brucey. I grew up with Cousin Brucey going back to uh, high school, Brooklyn Tech. Brooklyn was always a great borough, and I loved his music then. I loved his music now, and I will love his music in the future. We just extended Cousin Brucey's contract to 30 years, and I'll tell you, I can't go Saturday nights without listening to Cousin Brucey. He is the best. I remember when I was going to high school, when I was going to college, where did I want to go? Palisades Amusement Park. Skip the bother and skip the fuss. Take a public service bus. Palisades Amusement Park. Skip the bother and skip the fuss. Take a public service bus. Public service sure is great. It takes you right up to the gate. Please enjoy Cousin Brucey. The 100 years is up for WABC, and we're starting a new 100 years. And Saturday nights, you can't live. The whole country is waiting for Cousin Brucey on Saturday nights. God bless you, and God bless America. Hey, cousin, here's your 50 cents. 
Time to bring us home. Please, uh, John, don't mention my enemy. 50 Cent, Curtis Jackson. But that's a different generation. By the way, Curtis Jackson, a.k.a. 50 Cent, culturally appropriated my name, Rich. I was birthed Curtis before that evil seed was birthed Curtis. And anyway, uh, I know in my mind, heart, and soul that if, uh, for instance, hypothetically, that Cousin Brucie were a jock in an era in which 50 Cent in the club, which was the number one song, was being played, he would walk away from the studio. He would not play any of that. He was the all-American guy, the very positive kind of guy, and he was dominating nighttime radio around the nation because you could hear at that time WABC in 40 states at dusk, 40 states, parts of Canada, right on down to uh, Davy Jones's locker between Bermuda and the Bahamas, where he got his first job, actually, in the Bahamas. I'll get to that momentarily. And he had to send out his transcripts. Nobody was uh, returning uh, any. You know, back then it was snail mail alone. Nobody. Nobody was interested in Cousin Brucey. Cousin Brucey went to uh, Madison High School, the same high school that had produced uh, the Bernie, uh, the Altacaca Sanders, that produced uh, Chuck Schumer, produced uh, Justice Ginsburg, who's no longer with us, and a whole host of other. It was just a normal, regular high school, but a great high school. And Cousin Brucey, uh, you know where he uh, first started with radio? wasn't in Madison. They didn't have a radio program. He went over to Brooklyn Tech. Brooklyn Tech, after school, had a radio program. So he began to dabble with that. And then after uh, high school, he went first to Brooklyn College and then to NYU, where he set up the first school radio station. Now, you know, you go to a college radio station, the only place they can hear it is in the cafeteria, right? But it gives all of the potential jocks, talk show host, hostesses, people who want to spin stacks of wax, people who want to work in this thing that we love, an opportunity to sample it. And Cousin Brucey, nobody wanted him. Finally, he got a call from the Bahamas. That's where he got his start. And then he climbed up the ladder. And back then, everybody went to Miami. Everybody went to Florida. Larry King, he didn't start in New York. Went to Florida. Now he kited some checks and he got himself in trouble as a degenerate gambler. And I'll never forget this story he told when he was winning one of the many prestigious radio awards. He said, Curtis, I got my first job in Miami. I was so happy because uh, the gamblers, yeah, I was a degenerate gambler. And the wise guys, they were on my tail. And I was bouncing checks all over the place. I was going to go to jail. And I get this job at night. I'm spinning stacks of wax. You know, it's not top 40. It was just Freeform radio, like we had here at WNEW, Allison Steele, the Nightbird. Oh, Scott Muni, all the way. Oh, anyway, I digress. So all of a sudden, a woman had seen Larry King in the supermarket the day before. He's the jock at night from 12 to 5. All he's got to do is intro, tell little stories, little vignettes, and then play the whole album. She calls up the station. She goes, this Larry King, first off, this guy was a hound dog. I mean, Larry King, even after like nine heart attacks, right? He didn't need Cialis, Levitra, you know, he didn't need any of that. This guy was a hound dog. She goes, I, I need you right now. He said, now I'm, I'm working. She says, you got to come over now. What's your address? He writes the address down. He starts a new album. He does the intro. He runs over to his house. He has the urge to merge. He comes back. You know, he's all disheveled. All of a sudden, management is there, the owner of the station, because what happened, 
while he was uh, enjoying the pleasure of the opposite sex. Yes, he was truly a XY chromosome, and she was an XX. None of the 72 different varieties of gender identification that we go through now, the record started skipping halfway through the, halfway through the play. And the owner found out about it. And the general manager, and guys like Kevin Josh, you know, the, the guys who are the producers, they throw their weight around when you screw up, but the rest of the time they're hiding. And they were all there waiting for Larry King. And they said, well, well, what happened? What happened? He said, what kind of a story can I whip up? And they said, we don't want to hear any story. The dog, uh, you know, ate your homework. None of that. You know, your booby, your Zeta. All of a sudden she had malaria. You had to run to a side there on, on the South Beach there. That It wasn't trendy like it is now. All the Jewish autococcus lived there. They hung out at Wolfie's. You know, 99 cents. You got pancakes and eggs. Oh, it was the best. And... Coffee, you could drink it morning, noon, and night. You could float on the coffee. And they said, Larry King, you're fired. You know, the Trump apprentice, you're fired. And he said, you know, you would have thought that I would have straightened out at that moment, Curtis. And I didn't. <laughs> I got fired many other times. But everybody went down to the Mecca and Medina of broadcasting radio at that time. All New Yorkers went down there as they're going down there now. But it was really to ply their craft. They could have been talk show hosts. They could have been newscasters. They could have been jocks spinning stacks of wax. And that's where Cousin Brucie ended up. And many of them got their calling because they wanted to come back to the epicenter of broadcasting, New York City. It didn't get any better than that. And Cousin Brucie was known as a nice guy. Cousin Brucie was known as a positive guy. He really lived up to tag All-American. And he would be constantly doing things after his shift. Now, his shift was 6.15 uh, on uh, Monday to Saturday. That's right, six days a week and never moaned and groaned about it, never thought it was work. Would come to work every night and say, my God, I'm on the number one radio station in America at night that can hear me almost everywhere. And he'd get off at 10.30 at night. Nobody could touch Cousin Rusey. But let me tell you what Cousin Brucey would do in the daytime that the other jocks would not. Most of the jocks. Let, let's talk about the, uh, the morning mayor at WABC, Harry Harrison. First of all, he's a carpetbagger. He was from Chicago, lived in New Jersey. I'm the morning mayor at WABC in New York City. 10.01, he was out the door. 10.01. Oh, you wanted him for a community event, a ribbon cutting you know, you wanted him for a PSA. Oh, you know, the CEO of Macy's, the biggest advertiser at that time, would like to have lunch with you. Tell him I'm too busy. He can kiss my Harry Harrison tookus because I am not going to go out there and shill for the station. Oh, excuse me. Commercial radio. You don't sell ads. Nobody gets paid. In fact, all the little people behind the scenes who were dependent on the jocks. The man who knew that was Cousin Brucey. I have heard from Johnny Legit, who used to be vice president at Macy's. He went on to Caldors. He became the president of News America Marketing, the coupon division for Ruthman Murdoch, and the publisher of the New York Post, Johnny Legit, the very best. He said, look, I've dealt with a lot of people in my lifetime promoting and selling. Nobody did it better than Cousin Brucey. Cousin Brucey would call you up. Cousin Brucey would say, I'll take you for lunch. Uh, he'd try to get your business, but he wouldn't. He, he wouldn't be over the top. 
He would tell narratives. He would try to bond with you. He was really interested in you and your family and what you did. He made you feel like you were somebody, not just another sales call. And then Cousin Brucey would always say, I know I don't have your business yet, and I'm hoping that you'll consider me because I know there's a lot of places to advertise. Daily News, I mean, that was full of advertising at that time. And the other periodicals, he said, if you have a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, communion, confirmation, christening, marriage, family event, call the cuz. I'll be there. Seal the deal. You imagine all these... You have who coming to the bar mitzvah? Oh, my God. You, Jackie Mason, cancel him. You're kidding. Cousin Brucey, everybody knew Cousin Brucey. And he would come, and he was just a regular guy. Not pompous, not arrogant. You know, hey, hey, leave me alone. You know, I'm here. I'm eating my gefilte fish. None of that. No, 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 no. The absolute best in the business, that's why. In addition to all of his entertainment and his music that he played for us over all those uh, decades, he was the best salesperson that this business has ever known, the greatest of all time. But he was the king, and he was on his perch. And it was 1973. And remember, forget Dirty Dancing, right? Hey, Cousin Brucey there. When the family of Jennifer Grey that was trying to keep her away from... Uh, Getting into double trouble, dirty dancing. Oh, did I ever tell you the dirty dancer I used? Oh, no, I digress. Hold on a second. Patrick Swayze. Oh, amazing. He's left too early. Left too early. What a, one of the greatest movies of all time. Jerry Orbach, you know, the curmudgeon, the father. And every time they got into the car, Jerry Orbach with his family and Jennifer Grey, they were yelling, stay away from that guy. Or you're going to have a shotgun wedding. I'm not looking for Remember shotgun weddings? We never hear that anymore. Who was on? Who was on the, on the radio in the car? Cousin Brucey, right? Because everybody knew Cousin Brucey. Didn't matter where you saw Dirty Dancing. Everybody knew Cousin Brucey. When they played the movie in Hong Kong. Yeah, that's Cousin Brucey. And then he was a magician. Did you see him in the movie? He was a magician. Illusion. It's like a Harry Houdini, too. Who knew that? That he had that talent. But then again, there was another movie that came out at that time, American Graffiti, right at the same time. And they competed. And it was a damn good movie. But there was a guy who was in it who was called Wolfman Jack. He was from Brooklyn, too. He was from Williamsburg. He went to manual training in Park Slope, vocational uh, high school. He left uh, school and he went on the road. And I mean, he was in places you couldn't find on the map. Doing his radio. And then all of a sudden, he got his calling. It was a radio station on the other side of Mexico. 250,000 powerful watts of sound. Five times the allowed limit of 50,000 powerful watts of sound, which we are, with the blowtorch of the nation. Imagine 250,000 powerful watts of sound. If birds flew by, they dropped dead. If you, if you drove by there right near the tower on the Mexican side, it was like all of a sudden you were in a microwave. Man, that was it. You better go uh, and get tested with a Geiger counter. That's how strong it was. So you could conceivably get into a car midday in the middle of Manhattan. You would hear Wolfman Jack 
all the way across America. There wasn't a place, including Death Valley, that's now underwater. Figure that out if you don't think there's global warming and climate change. You would hear that station and Wolfman Jack all along the way. NBC, they said, we can't compete with ABC, and we certainly can't compete with Cousin Brucey. Number one rating said nine, nobody touched him. At that time, 1973, he was getting $268 for a 60-second spot. Now you say, ah, that's not much. You know what that's worth today? $2,000 in money, 2022, even with Biden inflation. And, you know, Bruce was so clean-cut, he would say, you know, you kiss a cop, kiss a cop for the cuz. He's an all-American. He's neat and clean in his studio, like Felix, like Felix Unger, remember, in The Odd Couple? And you know who is the grumpy, curmudgeon, Oscar? Wolfman Jack, dirty, disheveled. You walked in his studio in Mexico, and what, it was filled with clutter. It was like Joe Franklin. He couldn't find anything. He was still not. And when he would get on the radio, he'd start howling like a wolf. And he'd tell everybody, you want to listen to Wolfman? Get naked and touch my knobs. Because he wanted you not to turn that dial to who? Cousin Brucey. Now that's when he was in Mexico. But finally, the Roman Catholics, the majority in Mexico, said, this guy is hippie scum. He makes remarks that we don't want our children to hear as they're preparing for their communion, their confirmation. And they went to the presidential palace in Mexico City and they said, either you ban him and deport him or we will burn that radio station down. Now, you're the owner and operator of the 250,000 watt flamethrower. And all of a sudden, it's like Viva Zapata has gathered up the peasants and they're surrounding your radio station every day. And they're saying, get rid of that hippie scum, Wolfman Jack. So all of them, they found a nuance in the law that Wolfman Jack was, in fact, an illegal alien in Mexico. They had never before had an illegal alien in Mexico. They don't have illegal aliens in Mexico now. But they created... Special legislation like only the Mexicans can do when they get paid off in pesos. And Wolfman Jack was banned in perpetuity. So all of a sudden, NBC, the Nitcompoop Broadcasting Company, called up Wolfman Jack and said, we're bringing you to New York. You're going to knock the king off his throne. We hate the fact that every day, everybody listens to Cousin Brucey all over the nation. Wolfman... We may not have 250,000 watts of powerful sound, but we were one of the first flamethrowers. That's right, NBC, 50,000 powerful watts. Not as powerful as ABC, because remember, initially there was CBS, it was NBC, it was ABC. Come home, Wolfman. Come home. You're from Brooklyn. We want you to take out that other guy from Brooklyn. He's too clean. We want somebody mean. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. So, Wolfman Jack... 
was in Los Angeles. He signed the contract with National NBC Radio. And they said, it's time to go to New York. Go to the Mecca. Go to the Medina. And in fact, Wolfman Jack was so pumped up to knock off the king of talk radio. It was like Ali versus Frazier. He said, I'll do you one better. I'll fly back and forth. I'll do L.A. five days a week. And on the weekend, I'll fly to New York City. I will do everything to destroy the good guy. And people would say in that press conference in L.A., hey, you have a gravelly voice. How come? He goes, because when I do the program, I gargle with whiskey. And I say, you drink whiskey while you're on the air? He goes, yeah. What do you think? I'm like that good guy over in New York? Let me tell you something. Cousin Brucey, he wouldn't make it in L.A. He doesn't do enough. He's not like the wolf man. And people say, oh, my God. This is incredible. This was like the equivalent of East Coast, West Coast. Remember Tupac on the West Coast? Biggie Smalls on the East Coast? Man, there was really treachery going on. But you know who remained cool, calm, and collected, and a good guy, a nice guy, Cousin Bruce? He didn't get down in the mud like I would. You know me. Hey, <laughs> call me out. I'm ready. No. He said, this is WABC. This is the number one station in America. We're the All-Americans. We're supposed to be setting an example for kids. While Wolfman was wolfing at him and casting aspersions at him from L.A. and New York, you know what Cousin Bruce was doing? He was running bikeathons for the March of Dimes. Benefits for financially troubled Roman Catholic high schools. He's a Jew. He's not a Catholic. But when they needed to be bailed out because they were closing Catholic schools, Cousin Brucey didn't wait for them to come because they figured he's Jewish. Yeah, he's, a, he's not one of our Gentiles. He called up and said, why didn't you call the cuz? I'll be there for you. I'll save your school. And then all of a sudden... Scalar comes to him, the guy who controlled everything, and he goes, you know, we got to hip up the playlist. This Wolfman Jack, you know, he's coming at us. He's spending millions to take you down. They're giving out paperweights with tombstones that say R.I.P. Cousin Brucey, dead on arrival. The Wolfman lives. I want you to play Alice Cooper. Remember Alice Cooper at that time? You know, school's out forever. He said, no, no, that guy hangs himself on the stage. I'm not going to be encouraging the young people to hang themselves. You want to play Alice Cooper? You play Alice Cooper. The cousin doesn't play Alice Cooper. He should have been a garbage man. Whoa. Now, you never heard Cousin Brucey say that before. (sighs) And he said, you know something? That other guy, Wolfman Jack... He wants to take our city down the drain. I'm not going to let him do that. There is no way I'm going to let him do that. Now, can you imagine what that was like? Wolfman Jack, 7 p.m. at night to midnight, Monday through Saturday. And if they could have worked Sunday, they would have. But the station said, Sunday is a day of rest. Wolfman said, I'm Satan. You know, I'm a heathen. I'm like the Charlie Manson of radio. No, 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 you got to take Sunday off. Cousin Brucey said, let me, let me bury this guy. Let me work Sunday. No, no, Sunday, you know, religion. Come on. Come on, cousin. You already work. 
Monday through Saturday, 6.15 to 10.30. And we got guys around here and gals, oh, it's such hard work here. No, it's not. It's like a miracle that all of a sudden we've been blessed with a radio. But imagine, there's this hip, hip, tough thug, Wolfman Jack, 7 p.m. to midnight, and they're going word for word, verse for verse. In fact, others are listening, and they're trying to actually program it according to when music is playing at NBC. Then they'd have Cousin Brucey speaking at ABC. I mean, it was a total war. And Wolfman would... Wolfman would come on and say, I'm a happy cat, man. I'm an upper, which was code language for black beauty, Sam Fetterman. Give me my music there, right? To live and die in L.A. Come on, what's wrong with you, Rich? This guy was in L.A. This was like East Coast versus West Coast. He wanted to bury our guy, the good guy, the guy who would not allow his morality to be melted down. He told Scalar... You want this guy who hangs himself on the stage, Alice Cooper, who is a bad role model for kids? Should have been a garbage man. That's the only negative thing we've ever heard Cousin Brucie say in his life. But you know, the Brooklyn was coming out of him. The Brooklyn was coming out of him. And then he said this. Oh, you knew. You knew, Bruce. The Brooklyn was coming out. You know, they kept badgering him. They kept badgering him. They said, you know, the Wolfman says you wouldn't make it in L.A. You don't do enough. And he said, let me be honest with you. L.A. is a temporary city. It reminds me of Hartford, Connecticut. Whoa! Yeah, bring it on! Wow. So here it is. You had Dirty Dancing. You had Cousin Brucie. American Graffiti, you had Wolfman Jack. You know, Cousin Brucey should have won, won Best Supporting Actor, but there was a prejudice against anybody involving radio in movies. You know, they were giving Woody Allen Oscars then for what, Hannah and Hannah Banner or whatever the hell, the pedophile on a pedestal back then? American Graffiti, it featured Wolfman Jack Radio. Saturday Night Fever, right? Travolta. Remember Paco from KTU? The radio guy. They didn't give the Academy Award to Saturday Night People. Why? Because it promoted radio. They wanted to bury radio. They said the golden age of radio is gone. No, 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 no. Now it was Wolfman Jack. Millions and millions of dollars were invested by the Nincompoop Broadcasting Company to bury Cousin Brucey. So what did Cousin Brucey did? said, I don't got to change. I'm just going to be the cousin to all my cousins. I'm going to keep it clean. I'm going to urge young people to be nice, to help things. So now they needed money. They needed money because they were burning through millions. This was an incredibly expensive promotional campaign to lift up the heel versus the hero, Wolfman Jack, against Cousin Brucie. And you know what happened? They ramped up the ampage. Not only could you hear NBC in 40 in forty states across America, but at night they claimed that it could be heard in the Soviet Union. They, cl- they lied. It was a radio-free Europe, but they said it could be heard in the Soviet Union. They tried to bamboozle the audience. The people did not abandon Cousin Brucie.
York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. I know I'd go from rags to riches. Oh, another great entertainer. Another great uh, humanitarian, humble. I'm going to tell you stories about Tony Bennett tonight when I come back at 9 o'clock, a full hour, a Tony Bennett special. I've been given the green light by our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, because I disparaged Tony Bennett. And now you know it's the Alzheimer's, dementia's caught up with him. He just celebrated his 96th birthday, and i got to make amends. And I mean, is it any better than on 50,000 powerful watts of sound, the most powerful station in America, as it was in 1973? Cousin Boosie was like the Jets versus the Sharks, Wolfman Jack. And then the ratings came out. And even with millions of dollars being spent to bury Cousin Boosie, even with commercials and billboards and advertisements galore, with big headlines saying Cousin Brucey's days are numbered, Cousin Brucey will be buried by Wolfman Jack. Cousin Brucey was crushing Wolfman Jack. So the suits, uh, the mockers, the muckety-mucks at NBC, they sat down and said, man, we're bleeding money. Hey, Wolfman. You know, you're talking about getting naked, telling people to get naked, you know, uh, feel my knobs. You know, you're trying to be psychosexual. You know, you're trying to be sleazy, triple X rated. What are you going to do? So he did what any great radio person does. If you don't have the ratings, bring in the revenue. Right. Keep the money flowing in, which Wolfman Jack was incredibly good at doing, along with Cousin Brucey. They didn't get any better than him. So he started pitching weight loss pills, then weight gain pills, rose bushes, Florex. Does anybody know what Florex is out there? No, 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 it's not fluoride. You know, the John Birches were opposed to that back then at that time. You put fluoride in the water, it's a communist plot. I kid you not, Florex. You know what Florex is? You... NBC, right, with the FCC breathing down their throats. He said, Wolfman Jack said, look, if this doesn't work, send me back to Mexico. They said, you're banned from Mexico. You can't go. Doesn't matter. I'll go live in the desert. I'll go follow Charlie Manson. He started advertising Florex, which was the Viagra at the time. And he would say, hey, guys, you need some zing for your ling nuts. This is FCC. He said, no, no, no. You want to make money? They say, yeah, Wolfman, we need to recover our investment in you because Cousin Brucey is crushing you. So he tried everything. I mean, morning, noon, and night, he tried everything. He couldn't get a leg up on Cousin Brucey. Cousin Brucey would not vacillate. He wouldn't change. He wouldn't get down in the mud. Although when you fired shots across this Brooklyn guy's bow, he knew. He knew how to get back at you. And he was counterpunching. And then one day, Wolfman Jack and the NBC executives said, no mas, no mas, it's over. It's over. And who did they hire? Cousin Brucey. You imagine how humiliating it was for the NBC executives after spending millions of dollars investing in Wolfman Jack, who was very good. 
He was excellent in what he did. But he couldn't touch Cousin Brucey. And then to know that the guy who replaced him at NBC was Cousin Brucey. The humiliation, the degradation. Wolfman Jack uh, unfortunately passed away at a very early age at 51 from a heart attack. He died far too young. And you know who gave him a great eulogy? Not there at the wake of the funeral. He was Episcopalian. You know, he's like Frank Morano, you know, a dial of religion. I'm born a Catholic, but I think I'm an Episcopalian, but I'm flirting with the Methodists. Hey, Frank Morano, these guys working six days a week, not complaining, and they didn't take vacations. Word to the wise. But on the radio, Cousin Brucie, even though it had to have hurt him personally, the way he was besmirched, the way he was attacked, the way he was made fun of, he eulogized his adversary, Wolfman Jack, upon his untimely death at 51. Years later, remember, with all the jabbing going back and forth, and it was vitriolic between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Remember, Joe Frazier was the good guy. He was, he was the All-American. He waved the flag, and Ali called him a gorilla. He said the worst pejorative. He questioned his blackness, called him an Uncle Tom. I mean, he just tried to destroy Joe Frazier. And yet they go into the ring and they provided us some of the greatest performances of all time. Madison Square Garden, when Ali came back after being a draft dodger, Joe Frazier persevered. And then later on, the thriller in Manila. It's never any, any boxing they could approach that. And in their waning days, they were friends. They reminisced. Ali, even though he was suffering from Parkinson's, he, uh, he apologized. He said, you know, it's showbiz. Because he grew up watching professional wrestling, Gorgeous George in Louisville, Kentucky, and he adopted that posture. But you know, Joe Frazier, he was the working class hero. He just, he believed in America. He waved the American flag. He was the complete opposite of Muhammad Ali. The two greats of our lifetime, right? Good versus bad in some people's eyes. I remember Dick Young, the great columnist. His columns were on the back of the Daily News. I couldn't wait to deliver it because I'd read it while delivering it in the morning. That only happened with Dick Young. And he refused to call Muhammad Ali Muhammad Ali. He called him Cassius Clay, as did Joe Frazier. The vitriol, the, it was real. It wasn't. It wasn't hype. And it wasn't hype between Wolfman Jack and it wasn't hype uh, for our own cousin Brucey. But notice he took a licking and he came back ticking and nobody can touch his good stuff, Cousin Brucey. That's why I can only be a pretender. As uh, Vinnie Madugno said, some of his following there in Staten Island where if they and they alone had had their votes tallied for mayor, I would have been the mayor of uh, Staten Island, not New York City against Eric Adams, but I won Staten Island. And Vinnie Madugno is coming on at five, protege of... uh, Cousin Brucey, his mentor, sat out in Staten Island. They say, can't get enough of that Sleewood stuff. But I'm no Cousin Brucey. No, no, no. There are no Cousin Brucey's. It's one. It's only. And if there's any one thing I want you to think about, Cousin Brucey, on all the Saturdays that you'll listen and all the public appearances he'll be making on behalf of WABC, And it's the one thing that sticks in my mind is 
when I walked into that studio in Times Square for his annual telethon for the Variety Children's Charity Radiothon and saw all the mothers and fathers with the children who were physically challenged, disadvantaged, sick or needy, and there were hundreds. That even Chuck Schumer came genuinely, not because he was a politician. It's the only time we shook hands. We'll never shake hands again. But the person who was able to sort of bridge that divide was Cousin Brucey because he would always say, remember what Cousin Brucey would say, no politics. No politics. I don't want to talk, talk politics. It divides people, and he's right. That's why Saturdays are a sanctuary at night. Starts with Vinnie Madunio, 5 to 6. Cousin Brucey, 6 to 10. And then uh, Tony Orlando without dawn from uh, 10 to 12. And then I take you to the break of dawn from 12 uh, midnight to 6. But they don't discuss politics. But Cousin Brucey will tell you little narratives, little vignettes, things that you never knew. Never forget the interview he had with my sweetheart, Connie Francis. That's right. When I first broke into radio, 1991, Angels in the Morning with my wife. Which one was it? Oh, Lisa. I get this bouquet of flowers. It's incredible bouquet of flowers. I mean, the best flowers I've ever seen. I've been to wakes and people didn't have floral arrangements like this. Although my enemies would send me uh, uh, white orchids which is the death flower. You know who those people were. But Connie Francis, this huge bouquet, she says, I listen to you, I listen to Lisa, I really love you two kids. Huh, kids. I listen as much as I can. You know, I go back and forth, Florida, where I live now. And she said, man, you got to keep playing your craft, and I'll never forget that. And then I heard Cousin Brucey interview Connie Francis recently. And she revealed that the biggest mistake she ever made, because people talk to Cousin Brucey like they would never talk to anyone else. It's like they open up like an oyster would. You know, you don't have to open them up with any kind of a, a knife for that. They just open up and they, 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 they trust Cousin Brucey. And she said, Cousin Brucey, the biggest mistake I ever made, I lost the love of my life. He said, who? She said, Bobby Darren. Bobby Darren, oh, we lost him too young in life, 36. He had all kinds of heart ailments. But at that time, he was dating Connie Francis, not for public acknowledgement because he was also writing some of her songs. You know, he was the best writer I ever had, and he wanted to elope. And I said to Bobby Darren, uh, I said, Bobby, I'd be more than happy to elope, but I'm in an Italian family. I've got to tell my father. So she told her father, her father says, I'll kill that guy. He, he, you're not eloping with anybody. No way. And she had to break it to Bobby Darren. It broke his heart, broke her heart. And she told Cousin Brucey, to this day, it's the biggest mistake she made in her life and how she still hurts for Bobby Darren, who is in the hereafter. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Now I have the time of my life. Oh, so good. Dirty Dancing. Should have won the Academy Award. Cousin Brucey, his performance. 
Male Supporting Actor Award. Should have been. They, they always had a prejudice against radio. They kept giving it to Woody Allen, that pedophile on a pedestal, his movies that nobody went to. But anyway, by playing Dirty Dancing, do I have to read this, Rich, really? I mean, enough is enough. Sid Rosenberg's new book, you know, with Johnny Russo, the guy from The Godfather, he's going to want a big for this. Citizens United. You know, I'm telling you what Abby Hoffman said about his book. Steal this book, please. Steal it. You know, you go to Barnes & Noble, steal it. At a bookstore near you, steal it. You go to the airport, you know, make sure security doesn't catch you on video. Steal the book. Don't pay for it. And if you can't steal the book, rip out page 27 and you will see in Citizens United how Sid Rosenberg acknowledges me and me alone for walking into the offices of the old owners and operators of WABC who tried to destroy this thing of ours, WABC, until John and Margot Katsimatidis of Red Apple Media brought us back to life like Lazarus from the dead. And I walked into Chad Lopez and I said, you must hire Sid Rosenberg permanently to do mid-mornings with Bernard McGurk. They were made for one another. You cannot hire Mike Lupica. Mike Lupica, who Imus wanted and all Cumulus wanted, I said, over my dead body. He said, you know, they would like you dead, too. And <laughs> they want you out of here. I said, no, no, come on, Chad. You know better. You know they got the magic, the chemistry. And you know soon Imus is going to be on that ranch in perpetuity. He said, you're right. And he went to war for Sid, working with Bernie. And they were mid-mornings. They replaced Jaraldo Rivera. And then they replaced Don Imus. Even though Don Imus, this is the truth, wanted to whack Bernie and never hire Sid Rosenberg again. That's the truth. And against all odds, they are the number one news talk program in the nation in the mornings. And they've deserved it. Well, why do I have to keep shilling this book? Oh, 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 good reminder, Rich. Uh, the forward is written by John Katz and Matitas. <laughs> okay, salacious spiels, stories, suggestions, and solutions to withstand a woke world. Just steal the book. Uh, let's go to the phones because I threw out questions about the Curtis Lee Booby Prize. Don't ask, don't tell, because I throw nickels around like manhole covers. Let's go to Terry, who's calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Terry. Hey, how are you? I've had better days, Terry. Have you? Yeah. Sometimes it's like that. Oh, for me, it's like that every day, Terry. Do you listen to me morning, noon, and night here at WABC? I listen to you in the afternoon and night. Yeah, yeah excellent. I, okay, so I, I'm not going to torture you anymore. Good. Good. So you know. That I get tortured myself by the things that are going on in the world. My wife who wants yeah. air conditioning. I don't want air conditioning. She's the best one. She's the keeper. But oh, you got to get the air conditioning. Oh, no. Turn it off. I love to schwitz. But go ahead, Terry. Uh, do you know the uh, trivia question that I asked? I do. It's Diogenes. Yes. Remember what I said, Diogenes, we're looking for one honest man. We could actually adapt that to one honest woman. We can. A lot of people don't realize that he would uh, take, he would bathe in his own defecation. He would walk around with his staff. And he said, my purpose in life is to find one honest man, one honest woman. You know a place he would have avoided? Washington, D.C., because they're all thieves. 
well, it's, you know, he could have been bathing in someone else's feces there. That's go- very good, Terry. <laughs> Shut up. Come on, swagger man with no plan. Go back to being hip-hop mayor there while the yeah, city. Yeah, hip-hop mayor. Yeah, I know you are. Uh, how, him. how about fighting that? crime? Huh? How about being Mr. Law and Order, huh? How about it? But, Terry. That's what we need. We need the city safe. You, you are so right. Diogenes was looking for one honest man, one honest woman. And if you notice recently in the debate about this new legislation, when Manchin said no, all the Republicans said, oh, he's our kind of guy. He's an honest guy. Then all of a sudden he voted with Schumer. Oh, he's a traitor. You know, he's he's Satan. It's 666. He's a politician. He got bribed. They all get bribed. It's called donations. Right, Terry? That's right. That's what they do. Wash it's, my hand, I'll wash yours. That's how it goes. That's right. You scratch my belly, I scratch yours. And then, you know, you play hard to get, like a guy or a gal that you like. You, they play hard to get, and they know that the phone is going to be ringing with all kinds of people saying, hey, I, I know you're running for a campaign. Uh, we can be extraordinarily generous with you this year within the limitations of what federal financing allows. And then he said, well, that's really not enough. You know, there are other people talking to me to stay on their side. This is a, it's like Monty Hall, let's make a deal, right, Terry? That's it, how it is. That's how it is. They're making deals all the time, and then they put the smile face on and come out to us. And who's the only ones who get screwed? We do. Very all good. Stay on the line, Terry. Stay on the Please make sure. Uh, telephone talent coordinator is Frank Morano calls him, you have no talent and you don't know how to coordinate anything other than to answer a phone and take notes. We elevate everybody. They haven't earned it. But I'll be back like I'm always back. Nine o'clock to do my Tony Bennett tribute, which I hope will make amends for how I disparaged him. I, I can't go and become ashes to ashes, dust to dust without doing that. And then we're going to be talking about Limigre. Limigre, uh, Eric Adams complaining today. Abbott didn't let me know. Well, hell, nobody lets Abbott know when the illegals flow over the border. And then the Animal Welfare Hour, the most listened to, the most requested of the many with my gorgeous wife, Animal Rescuer Nancy. And then it's Dominic Carter for an out. And then I'm back for another four hours because the Mameluke, Frank Morano, is too busy in Greece having a vacation with his best man, the Eric Adams Republican, Joe Borelli. Keep staying away, Frank. You may regret this one day. The time of my life. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.